Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody. I'm Rachel Bonetta. And I'm Rechna Fruchtbaum. And this is Hall of Shame. Okay, Rechna. You and I, we're just chit-chatting. A lot of negativity in the world right now. (laughs) (laughs) Tough. I mean... Straight from our White House into everyone's homes. Very difficult to not be insanely enraged right now. Yeah. Feels like if he could give us COVID through the internet, he might. He would. He know he would. Yeah. He would want that. Um, That's cool. Listen, we're all very angry right now, and it's a scary time, as has been the last year. And I think that what Retina and I have done – or at least tried to do, is be a little bit of an escape from that so that people can take a break. Not that we want to be, you know. Yeah, we're not ostriches with our head in the sand, but we all have to pick and choose when we engage and give ourselves a minute. We all just need to take a a breath and remember what laughter is. Yeah. <laughs> and I laugh every week on this podcast. Remember that there are scandals that don't spell the end of our democracy. Yes. They're just fun scandals. Exactly. So on that note, uh, I'm sure you guys are feeling exactly the way that we are. And we hope that this next 30 to 40 minutes is just a nice pause away from the chaos. Yeah. Can we have that energy going, yes. going into this? I love it. Okay. Okay. So I am really excited. We have reached the NBA Finals, baby. (laughs) Okay, so we like we just said, this weird year feels hella weird. And damn, do I feel bad for these guys that have been stuck inside of a bubble since July 7th. But the end is close. They can see the light on the other side of the bubble. And their families. <laughs> their families are at least there with them, able to celebrate. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys know this, but the NBA Finals are extremely magical to Retcha and I because we don't want to rub it in or anything, but our teams have a chip, aka championship, in the last few years. So mm-hmm. we love the NBA Finals. Neither of our teams are in it this year. But that's no. fine. We don't have to deal with the stress. We don't have to, you know. Yeah, we can just... just enjoy the fun and the great play. Exactly. Get to cheer on LeBron and <laughs> Jimmy Buckets and. Silver lining. Yeah. Anyways, the finals are here, okay? And by the time that you are listening to this podcast, the finals could be over. We could have a champ, but we don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. We don't know who's going to be the champion. We don't know how many games yet. No. And we don't know who else will have coronavirus. But here we are. <laughs> Talking today. Uh, well, the finals being here kind of has me nostalgic thinking about mm. my favorite finals from over the years. Ooh. Heat Mavs. I remember I was working at a bar wearing an, a way too short skirt serving like <laughs> Long Island iced teas. That's just your jam with <laughs> with a basketball. Basketball and uh, short, short skirts. Shorts. You know me. Yeah. 
uh, my boss would yell at me because I kept on watching the TV instead of like serving customers. Sure. Lakers, Celtics, Kobe, uh, Warriors, yeah. Cavs. We had that for four straight years. So fun. And I just think it would be the absolute perfect time to talk about one of the greatest finals performances that the sports world has Ooh. ever seen. The Toronto Raptors. I'm kidding. Not that. The legendary <laughs> Michael Jordan's flu game. Oh, yes. Bow, 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 bow. Right. Um, now, Rashna, I'm sure you know this, but there are a lot of conspiracy theories around oh this game. Most of them are completely silly and not anchored in truth whatsoever. Um, but they exist. Nonetheless, people love a good MJ conspiracy theory. They sure do. We're going to get into those theories later. We're going to talk about those at the end of the podcast and why people believe them and can't just sit with the fact that some people are just greater than others. Some people are born sure. athletes. Like Russia and I. Yeah. And other people like, aren't. We can't help it. Can't it's just in our genetics. Help that I have like bulging muscles that I have to hide <laughs> with long sleeve shirts. Nothing like a podcast, you know, to just lie <laughs> about your physique. We can do that. I mean, if not for me being on TV, people might have no That's idea. That's true. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, you can. You can do it. I'm less. like, girl, you're ripped. <laughs> It would be so funny if if that's what the picture was and then I came on stage, my scrawny ass came on stage. <laughs> or if we ever did a, a live show and we just came out with like, gr- like or like the opposite, come with like gross body suits or just like. They'd be like, oh, is she, is she not well? Or <laughs> She anyway. needs vitamins. She needs like calories. Should somebody just get her like a burger or like oh what? God, anyway, that. guys. I'm a little lady. Yeah, we're genetics. little teeny tiny ladies. Okay. <sighs> little ladies. But I, we're, we're about to talk about one of the most unbelievable nights in basketball history. Ugh. First off, Ooh, I just want to say, I want to make a statement on this podcast. I am okay. really sad that I kind of like missed the Michael Jordan era. I was six. Uh, Let me just humble brag about my age for a sec. Yeah. I was six when he won his last championship and not okay. watching basketball. Uh, and then I fell in love with, with Vince Carter when I was 10. That's fun. And didn't really acknowledge anybody else in the entire world. Like, I, he Got was kind you. of like the only guy that played basketball in my in my vision. So now I get to appreciate Michael Jordan and understand sure. the weight of how good he yeah. was, which is what You're we like going. recontextualizing basketball in understanding exactly the role he played. So today is Michael Jordan Appreciation Day on Hall of Shame. I love that. As a Cavs fan and as a person older than you. Oh, you're older than me? Literally lived through the Jordan Bulls era, like very much on the losing end of so many of the games. <laughs> so like couldn't Everybody understand was. more the context uh-huh. of Jordan. Yeah. I'm so excited. So guys, we're going to take it back to 1993 first. Okay, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back a little bit. Uh, MJ is coming <laughs> off his third finals. Rachel's not yet born. I'm two. <laughs> I am two at this point. Rechna's a sophomore in high school. <laughs> <laughs> MJ's coming off his third finals. Okay, he's got three rings weighing him down at this point. His first three peat, and he decides to retire. Perfect time, my dude. 
and he goes off and famously plays minor league baseball, which we will absolutely do one of these days on this sure. podcast because yeah. that story just fascinates That's me. another fun one. That's another yeah. news. So he goes and plays baseball for two years. Year one, after the three-peat, the Bulls still make it to the playoffs. They're not terrible. Yeah. They get there. Pippen's good. Yeah. The next year... The Chicago Bulls, I don't know what happened, but they were a shell of what they used to be. By March of 1995, they were 31 and 31. Bad. Tough. 31 wins, 31 losses. On March 18th, 1995, so same month, same year, MJ put out a two-word faxed press release, faxed, out of nowhere. Love it. Okay? Classic 95, am I right? This fax said... I'm back. It came in a two-word statement, which is now just begging to have a Nike campaign built around it. Quote, unquote, I'm back. That's all Jordan said on Saturday. That was really all Jordan needed to say as his 17-month retirement came to an end. He will be back on Sunday when the Bulls Michael Jordan decided to ditch the base. Also, hold on. Pause, pause, pause. Who received that fax first? That person shit their pants shit themselves <laughs> so like the news was delayed because they had to go clean up their poop in their drawers yeah and then they were able to tell people michael jordan yeah. is back um tom oh my gosh. why are you wearing sweatpants what's that about <laughs> tom you're wearing did you shit yourself again shorts <laughs> oh tom what? shit himself again khakis well oh jordan's back tom i take it back of course you shit of course, yourself oh, i just shit myself <laughs> Now I've shit myself. Uh, anyway. So he says, I'm back. Michael Jordan so decided exciting. to ditch the baseball bat and throw on a Bulls jersey, and he joined the team midseason. There may be many interesting peripheral aspects to both his departure and return, but at the heart of it is simply this. The best in the world is back. And in a sports world darkened by constant talk of money, strikes, and lockouts, here's a shining reminder of why we're drawn to sports in the first place. The drama, the anticipation, the sheer beauty of the moment. Today, an artist returns to his true canvas, the hardboard courts of the NBA. Michael Jordan is back. As a Cavs fan, you were like, mother Shit. <laughs> No! Also, can we talk about, like, the locker room, too, when that vax came in? They were like, thank the Lord Jesus. Yeah, totally. So 10 days after Tom shit his pants and the vax came through, saying uh -huh. he was back, Michael Jordan put up 55 points against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Five seconds. Four. You see it on the lower left. Jordan. Three moves. A great win for the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan, 55 points in this Amazing. Bowl. The Bulls went 13 and 4, made the playoffs after being 31 and 31. Yeah. That's it tough to do. Oh, it's extremely tough to do. They yeah. they did end up getting knocked out by Orlando in the Eastern Conference mm -hmm. semifinals. With a very young Shaquille O'Neal at the time. Oh, good point. Good ad. Yeah. Um, and Exciting. all of a sudden, the man with three rings already had a chip on his shoulder. Oh. Jordan loves to find a chip for his shoulder in any place he can. I love that about him. I think that that rings true of every superior athlete. Sure. Anyone who's super competitive. Yeah. MJ had the greatest season of basketball anyone had ever seen the next year. 
The 95-96 season was a franchise best for the Chicago Bulls. They went 72-10, and which was a record until the Golden State Warriors had to go and ruin history. The Bulls won their fourth (laughs) ring that year, and MJ was crowned MVP. So good. So apparently, this is not the kind of man that needs a chip on his shoulder because he will destroy you and everyone in his wake and make you cry to Mm. your family at home. So the following season, 96-97, is where things get interesting. The Bulls are still fantastic. They are lugging around four gigantic rings, on track to get a fifth. They had a great season going 69-11, and almost beating the record. Right. So good. They made it through playoffs and squared up against Utah Jazz in the NBA Finals. Closing in on tip-off of game one of the NBA Finals, the Chicago Bulls looking for title number five. The Utah Jazz looking for number one. So John Stockton and Carl Malone. Oh, damn, girl. You are just... This is my peak basketball time. Yes. So NBA Finals, if you don't watch basketball, that's totally fine. Uh, It's the best of seven. So game one, Jordan scored 31, Bulls won. Game two, Jordan scored 38, Bulls won. They're up 2-0. Game three, Jordan scored 26. Jazz won. Game Mm -hmm. four, okay, it is 2-1. Jordan scored 22. Jazz won again. The series is tied 2-2. This is everything you want as a basketball team, as a basketball fan that has – their team is not involved. You know, if your team is involved in this, it's hell. If they're not, yeah. you're like, woo, this is exciting. You're like, yes, Carl Malone, little tidbit, drove like an 18-wheeler as just his like car. Oh, that's strange. Fun little factoid anyway. So the series is tied to a piece. We're on to game five. And honestly, guys, this is about to get too juicy that I think we're going to need to take a break. I need to take a lap around my house, okay? Uh, okay. Let's take a lap. We'll be back. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Felix Gray. There are a lot of blue light glasses on the market, but they're not all created equal. Many blue light glasses don't filter enough blue light, especially in the range that matters. Felix Gray glasses filter out 90% of blue light in the most damaging range and eliminates 99% of glare through proprietary industry-leading lens technology only available with Felix Gray. Felix Gray frames are hand-finished from durable, super lightweight Italian acetate. Fancy. Order online. Glasses ship directly to you with hard case and lens cloth included. Try them for 30 days risk-free. You guys, I get so lucky on this podcast because I get to try stuff. These glasses are so awesome. I think they've made a difference in my sleep. They've definitely made a difference in the dryness of my eyes and my eyes generally feeling tired because I am on Zoom in a writer's room all day. And also, they're so cute. And when they say super lightweight Italian acetate, they are not lying. They're so light. They don't feel heavy. Like, you know, the way the backs of your ears hurt? Not with these. And I've just gotten so many compliments on them. So I am all in on Felix Gray. I've already converted several friends. Also, if your screens aren't easier on the eyes, send them back for a full refund. So it's like you can't lose. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash shame for the absolute best quality blue light filtering glasses on the market. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash shame. Shipping and returns are totally free at Felix Gray. Felixgrayglasses.com slash shame. Hall of Shame is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. 
When it comes to scoring great hires for your business, you may be up against some obstacles like lots of applicants, but difficulty finding the right ones for your job or finding time to hire while running your business, plus trying to ensure workplace safety. It's a lot right now. That's why you need ZipRecruiter on your team. No matter the industry, healthcare to manufacturing to business services, ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com shame. First, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology hustles for you to find people with the right experience for your job and invites them to apply. In fact, check out this stat. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So add ZipRecruiter to your roster to help you win the hiring game. To try ZipRecruiter for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com shame. That's ZipRecruiter.com S-H-A-M-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash shame. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hall of Shame is brought to you by Wondery. We're in the midst of a presidential campaign unlike any other. With a country in crisis, November's election will be one of the most consequential moments in American history. Getting to know the candidates, their policies, their histories, and who they are at their core is a critical part of this process. Kamala Next in Line is a new podcast from Wondery and MSNBC, Host Joy Reid will take you inside the unique journey of our country's first black vice presidential candidate, from her upbringing in California to making her mark in Washington, D.C. You'll hear Kamala's story as it has never been told before. Interviews with those who know her best will introduce you to the real Kamala. Kamala Next in Line is out now. Subscribe to Kamala Next in Line on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so back to the 97 NBA Finals. The series is tied to a piece. We're on to game five, which was in Salt Lake City, Utah. Have mm-hmm. you ever been to Salt Lake City, by the way? I have only to, this is going to make me sound like a big old douche, but only to then go to Park City. Oh, you douche. <laughs> because skiing during Sundance is the jam. Oh, somebody yeah, went to Sundance. I didn't, I mean, no, I did a little bit, mostly I went because I had a friend who had a house there and I heard if you go during Sundance, the ski slopes are empty. Oh, okay. Well, one thing about Salt Lake City that I realized when I went is that everything closes at like very odd hours. Like the whole okay. city shuts down at like three in the afternoon. Because it's like very Mormon based. Is that why? A, a lot of Mormons live there. Sure. Everything closes at like 3 p.m. It's so hard to find a place to eat dinner. Yeah. Gotcha. Just a, just a thing to keep in mind at this point. Okay. Yeah. So the Bulls were staying at a hotel in the outskirts of Park City. And according to MJ's trainer, Tim Grover, they were all desperate for some dinner. We were in Park City, Utah, up in, up in a hotel. Room service stopped like at 9 o'clock, and he got hungry. 
And we really couldn't find any other place to eat, so we ordered. Tim said, a, he said "Hey, the, the only, only thing I can find, find is a pizza place." place. MJ said, "All right, order, All right pizza. order pizza." We had been there for a while, so everybody knew what hotel. I mean, Park City is not many hotels back then, right. so everybody kind of knew where we were staying. So we ordered pizza. They come to deliver it. Five guys come to deliver this pizza, and I'm just I take the pizza and I tell them, I said. I got a bad feeling about this. You told me? I, I said, I just got a bad feeling about <laughs> no, this. No, no. You know, he just, I don't, out of everybody in the room, he was the only one. MJ was like, I'm not suspicious. Yeah, I'm hungry. That's what I was going to say. If you're feeling <laughs> sketchy about the pizza, why the hell would you literally let the most famous and important athlete in the entire world that's about to play in the NBA finals eat it? Eat you it. jump well, on that bomb. Are you going to be the one? Tim Grover. Like, Rachel, I'm going to say this. If I'm in Russia with you and you're like, I'm starving and I need hot dogs, I'm going to feel shady about it, but I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> fucked up. That is fucked Because I know up. how much, if you were like, I'm really hungry, I love a hot dog, we know the rest of the story. What, what if I was playing at the Russian World Cup the next day? I think that you, I think that you actually would, would maybe think twice about it. So that's sketchy right off the get-go, right? It's so sketchy. So MJ eats the pizza. In the middle of the night, Michael Jordan woke up and he was not feeling well. He said he was scared. Yikes. Like, that's how you know you're sick sick, is if you're like, am I going to die tonight? (laughs) Oh, my God. And he didn't know what was happening to him. He called up Tim and was just like, Tim, why didn't you jump on that bomb? I am shitting my pants up in here. (laughs) Oh, my God. The medical personnel determined he probably had some kind of stomach virus. He's curled up in a fetal position. We're looking at him, finding the team physician at that time, and immediately it's food poisoning. Guaranteed. Not the food. By the way, shout-outs to food poisoning for being the absolute worst. Yeah. I've only had it a couple times. Oof. Oh, my God. Yeah. That one will take you down. Oh, Lordy. The next morning, Michael Jordan didn't make it to the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club was comprised of Scottie Pippen and Ron Harper, and these three had quite a routine. They would have a really early morning training session, followed by breakfast every morning before a game. Loki high key adorable. So cute. Which one was Molly Ringwald is another question. (laughs) (laughs) Scottie Pippen? Probs. So... Michael Jordan missed Breakfast Club, which was like a red flag. He also sure. didn't make it to the team's shoot around. So people were like, what is going on? Whoa. Michael right. Jordan prides himself on his work ethic, and it was sure. highly unusual for him to miss these events. Even if you didn't pride yourself on work ethic, if you're missing a shoot around and like training the morning of a game, people would be like, Jesus Christ. Sure. Yeah. Kind of even those with not a good work yeah. ethic usually show up to that. Yeah. Um, So back up in MJ's room, there was a bit of panic. He had lost several pounds and was severely dehydrated overnight. that detail. Yeah. Several pounds. That's insane. Crazy. Yeah. But at 3 p.m., Michael Jordan was like, we're playing basketball. (laughs) Rachel. That was just like playing in his head. Did we record that? That's very good. He made his way over to the Delta Center where the game was being mm-hmm. played. Uh, and apparently he spent pregame vomiting in a dark room before telling coach Oof. Phil Jackson that he was ready. If I puke, I'm not doing anything. No. Anything. 
Yeah. I actually puked one time before work after the Emmys. I threw up in my car, you guys. Don't tell anyone I'm telling you this. <laughs> and I had to go to work and it was the worst day ever. Oh, man. We've all been there where you had to power through something. Oh, rough. kudos to all of us, you know. So MJ crawled out of his dark room. Scotty Pippen, one third of the Breakfast Club, said he had never, ever seen Michael Jordan looking like that. He looked bad, and I mean really bad. Loki harsh. This team is <laughs> the best, though. They are the Chicago Bulls, so they basically sure. told Michael Jordan, hey, we got you. Let us take care of the defense. You just, like, get to the net, and you score. You play the way that you can play. Yeah. Now, the big story here tonight, the story concerning Michael Jordan's physical conditions. This Jordan arriving about two hours ago. He is suffering from flu-like symptoms. Made his way onto the court just moments ago, and as you see right here, looking a bit shaky. He was up all last night, spent all day in bed, did not eat at all, did not uh, go to the shoot-around earlier So it's today. Game 5, NBA Finals, 1997. The Bulls and the Jazz are tied 2-2. Two to two. Whoever wins this game pulls ahead in the series. So the game begins. It's pretty obvious from the get-go that MJ is so sick. Like he's feeling like absolute garbage. At 3.30 this morning, Michael Jordan woke up with flu-like symptoms. He had a stomachache and a headache, and he couldn't go back to sleep. He threw up all night, and as reported earlier, he missed the shoot-around. But he was in bed all day and continued to throw up. As a matter of fact, he got in here early. When I went to talk to him back in the back room, he was in a dark room trying to get some rest, but, but still throwing up. And Marv, I talked to him. I said, how do you feel? He said, I really feel horrible. But his history in games where he's either been hurt or sick has been bad news for the opponent. And as you can see, he's ready to go tonight. Marv? Oh, man. He's so much slower than usual. He's very like holding in diarrhea and oh, puke simultaneously. Totally. He's like bent over. He puts uh, his hand on his knees every time the clock stops. I'm sure you guys can like rough. picture this image because this image sure. is synonymous with the flu game. So what's kind of interesting here is that the viewer experience was actually wild because the reporters on the sideline were reporting on how sick Michael Jordan was and that everyone thought he had the flu or a stomach virus. So you're watching what is about to unfold, yeah. which I think is really cool. So the first quarter was rough. The Jazz were up 29 to 16, but something snapped in the second quarter. And the steal by Jordan. Putting behind the back on Russell, he turned it around and fed it to Pippen, and it by Jordan. What a play by Michael Jordan. Jordan said, somehow I found the energy to stay strong, and he scored 17 points in that quarter alone. Was nuts. Cutting the Jazz lead to four. It was 49-53 going into halftime. Ooh. I mean, can you imagine how you feel once that whistle blows, too? Like, oh, I can yeah. go lie down in a cold, dark uh, room and no one's going to look at me and I'm just going to be able to shit be Shit my sick. brains out. Oh, just going to go hang out on the toilet. Just poop for 15 minutes <laughs> just straight. Go, just going to poop. <laughs> just going to go poop. <laughs> We're filthy. Are we so on brand for Crooked Media or what? We're so immature. We are the we are the ugly stepchild of crooked, but we look crooked. So MJ told his coach Phil Jackson to use him in spurts the rest of the game. So I think he was starting to feel like, dude, I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. Third quarter, Jordan was back to feeling and looking like shit. 
And it was the first time I'd seen a smile on his face, but the smile was looking back at me like, are you kidding? I am really sick. I asked Chip Shaver, the trainer, he said he's exhausted, totally dehydrated, and a little bit out of it. The walking, standing, leaning over, saying, will somebody please make a shot so I can feel better later? <laughs> See how exhausted Michael Jordan is. Where is that bench? He gets there and sits back. And oh. They put the ice bag on his neck. He won't even take the Gatorade. He doesn't want to waste any energy. No high fives, no lifting water to his mouth. He is exhausted. A heroic performance. By he barely Jones. scored. He was back to the hands on the knees every time the whistle blew. Just taking those like, oh, please don't vomit breaths. You know those ones? Like, totally. Oh. Weird burps yeah. and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, good. I hope no one listening Ugh. to this is like hungover. That would be rough. Yeah. <laughs> when he was on Sorry. the bench, he had ice packs on his head and was just chugging Gatorade, Ugh. just like loading up on the electrolytes. Fourth and final quarter is up. Great ad for Gatorade. Oh, well, <laughs> hold on. That's going to come back in a second. It's 67-72. Michael Jordan snaps into beast mode again. Jordan. Yes. The Jazz 77 and the Bulls 71 with 10 on the shot clock. Pippen backing Hornacek. Here's Jordan from here. Yes! Michael Jordan from straight away. It looks like he's a, a, a boxer just hanging on along the ropes. But able to hit and they somehow come back to win the game 90 to 88. And the Chicago Bulls had defeated the Utah Jazz to take a three games to two lead. They win it 90 to 88. A courageous, classic performance by the flu-ridden Michael Jordan. A performance that I think will go down as one of the greatest of his career because of the situation. Let's go to Ahmad Rashad. Ahmad? Michael, one of the great performances, the way you were feeling, you played 44 minutes. It was all about will. It's all about desire. You just got to come out here and do what you got to do. We wanted it real bad, you know, and, and me as a leader, I had to come out and do my best, and hopefully the team could rally around me and come out and make contributions. Never any doubt down the stretch. How, I mean, how weak were you? I was really tired. I was very weak. At halftime, I told uh, Phil that use me in you know, spurts, but, I mean, somehow I found the energy. Jordan scored uh. 39 points, and he had four assists. The final whistle blows and Michael Jordan collapses into Scottie Pippen's arms. Everyone is in shock. The people at home are in shock. Like, can you imagine? I remember watching this game. That's I watched this game. Amazing. But can you yeah. imagine watching today with social media? Like, people would no. be erupting. Oh, Twitter would be on fire. Losing their minds. I imagine it's what, like, Trump imagines people think of him leaving Walter <laughs> Reed with coronavirus. <laughs> and it's so embarrassing. It's like, that's what he thinks. He thinks we're going to be like, holy shit. And instead it's like, you're contagious. Oh, my God, Rechna. You are so right. Trump totally thinks that this is his flu game. You nailed that. You absolutely nailed that. So the Bulls went on to win game six in Chicago and added a fifth ring to their pile. Yay for them. It was exciting. <laughs> Michael Jordan said this was probably the most difficult thing he had ever done, saying, I almost played myself into passing out just to win a basketball game. 
this game truly sent shockwaves all throughout. Even like pop culture was affected. Nike released a special edition Jordan shoe. The shoes, oh, this is interesting. The shoes that Jordan wore in that game sold for almost $105,000 at an auction. <laughs> Gatorade, speaking of, you mentioned this, Gatorade ah. turned this whole event into a commercial. They used the footage from the game of him just like guzzling Gatorade, turned yeah. it into this like- Miracle feel. Incredible commercial because of sure. course they did and that blew up. Also like- if your girl, the second I get a stomach bug, isn't like, somebody get me Gatorade. Th maybe this is why. It's probably like subconsciously from that moment. Maybe yeah. this is why. What was the Nike special edition called? The diarrhea shoe? I'm dead. The diarrhea Jordan. <laughs> poop, poop boot. <laughs> Sorry. The poop boot. <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> so amazing. This was the most incredible thing we had ever seen an athlete do. It was pretty cool. Um, so let's get into those conspiracy theories. Okay. Let's talk about the pizza first. Michael Jordan confirmed the food poisoning in the final episode of The Last Dance, which we all sure just ingested. Like, we loved yeah. that. Um, he said, I ate the pizza all by myself. Nobody else ate the pizza. It really wasn't the flu game. It was food poisoning. I'm sorry, but am I Michael Jordan? I also eat full pizzas to myself. Uh, apparently <laughs> we are all Michael Jordan here's a story when it comes to pizza apparently we were wondering why his trainer didn't like test it out apparently Michael Jordan spat on the pizza so that nobody else would eat it <laughs> he's so petty he is that is that feels on brand right him. that feels very very oh real. my god apparently so he petty. was pissed that the rest of the team ordered dinner without him so when the pizza <laughs> arrived he didn't want to have to share it with anyone that's insane <laughs> so there are Incredible. countless, oh my goodness, like Google this. It just goes on and on and on. Was it food poisoning? Was he actually poisoned? Why were there five delivery guys? Like that's a little weird if that's true. But that has also been disputed. After The Last Dance came out, the guy who apparently made the pizza said that he personally delivered it to MJ. He was such a big Michael Jordan fan. He even named his son after him that he wanted to bring the pizza to him. And then people called that bullshit because this guy worked for Pizza Hut and was Pizza Hut even open? It's Salt Lake City. We don't know. This is confusing. <laughs> a day after that story came out, another guy claimed it was actually his friend at a bar that made the pizza and there was a $3,000 bill of alcohol delivered to their room the night before. So was he hungover? Dude, it goes on and on oh, and boy. on. I'm going to run out of breath. If I try. I'm going to say Jordan drank so much that there's no world, I believe, that like he was so hungover he was like puking like that. Like that I don't believe because I feel like that man could hold his liquor. You think that he's like a vet. He's a professional. He's a professional drinker among many other things. That guy is not puking over getting drunk. What I would love to talk about is the fact that I, I truly don't understand what it is about like human nature that we can't just have – somebody be incredible and Agreed. somebody show us this like truly amazing athletic feat yeah. and we just have to tear it down. It's so hard to accept excellence. Why is that? It's the same with like LeBron James. Like now for yeah. the past five years, every single sports talk show has spent probably the most time out of any topics talking about who is better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Who cares? It's like, maybe they're both just like way fucking excellent. Who 
cares? Why Agreed. are we always having these conversations? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like there's only room for one person yeah. to hold that mantle. It's something. And do we say it more, can I ask, around people of color? Oh, that's a good point. Whereas we just let a lot of mediocre white dudes just like live. In. That's a good point. I mean, I was working in the soccer world for so long and the same kind of conversations were happening with like Lionel Messi and sure. Cristiano Ronaldo. But I think that th that's a great point that MJ LeBron is perhaps the biggest argument. Yeah. But what I think might be happening is that people Tell me. who don't walk a mile in a year – are wanting yes. to make themselves feel better by tearing down sure. these superior athletes because they're not like you and I. They're not like Michael Jordan. They can't make sense of it. Whereas you and I can make sense we train, of it. We train, we get because it. Because <laughs> we're such physical specimens. <laughs> <laughs> I had four cookies like literally an hour ago. I was just eating those like dark chocolate <gasps> barks from oh, Trader Joe's. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Anyways, it's just something to think about. I think it's very fascinating. Maybe next time when somebody I, I also will yeah. say that being a sports like personality, rah, 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 we we have to talk about sports every single day of the year. So I will sure. give people a pass here. Like sometimes you say things that you don't necessarily mean because you want it to be good television. Yeah. You're also trying to create a story. LeBron James is a phenomenal athlete. Like yeah. I have gone against him sometimes too, saying dumb stuff. Like don't work yourself up about sports talking yeah. heads. You don't want to hear some of the stuff I said when he left Cleveland for Miami. <laughs> no, we do. But I just want to say like regardless, like God, MJ was so excellent and like whatever the conspiracy theories are, he had that incredible game. He was special. When he was laid out. That is special. And I will never, ever get over the Trump administration and this GOP trying to act like that's what Trump's doing right He's, now. This is his flu game. The next level of depravity. Every time you're like, well, you can't get worse. Somehow they prove us wrong. They're just leveling up. That's a great, that's the best comparison and also the most depressing thing. And I will say this once yeah. and we'll say it in every single podcast until we get there. Make sure you're registered to vote. Vote Make on sure November 3rd and let's vote as early as possible. Do this thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, bottom line, Michael Jordan was sick as hell. He played his ass off and he is one of, if not the best basketball player in the entire yeah. world. And let's just appreciate that for what it is. Yes. Amen. <sighs> Thanks, Rachel. Okay. I feel like this was like a nice little break from the world. Yeah. Should we just yeah, go? Yeah. I'm sorry. I brought it back to the world. I couldn't help it. You know me. It was right there. It was right there. Yeah. It's low hanging fruit. Um, Let's take a break from the news for a couple more minutes. Yeah. I'm going to go sit outside in my backyard and play with my dogs. That sounds nice. Everybody listening to this, after you're done listening, Take a five and just do something for yourself before you re-engage with the news. Are you Brene Brown? I would die. <laughs> <laughs> Brene, if you want to come on our podcast, oh please gosh. know you're always welcome. Um, thank you guys for listening. We love doing this podcast. We love you. It is the bright spot yes. of our week. Thanks for being awesome. And we'll be back next week with another story. Bye, guys. See you next week. Bye. Hall of Shame is a product of Crooked Media. The show is produced by Caroline Reston and Allison Falzetta. Our executive producers are Sarah Geismer and Stephen Hoffman. Engineering and sound design by Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. Thank you to Sydney Rapp and Brian Semmel for production support every week. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.